0: Welcome back to It's Cavalier Podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mac, here to bring you my unique perspective on all things Cavalier. On today's episode, I was able to sit down with host of Across the Cavs, Mr. Zach Weiss himself. So without further ado, here we go. Zach, you are a busy man, very hard man to get on, <laughs> to get on the show. So this has been a long time coming, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but welcome to to it's cavalier man uh very happy to have you on
1: yeah mac thank you you know we've been, we've been talking well we've been we've been connecting and just kind of chatting calves just uh uh through through tweets since probably early in the season but yeah well you reached out to me back in early march so i'm glad i could finally deliver and come on i'm very excited to talk some Cavs basketball man it's been too long yes. since i've just had a sit-down discussion with somebody getting really deep on the season so i'm very excited
0: well, again, thanks for joining, man. We'll go ahead and jump right into it. Kevin Love, I- I'm sure you saw <laughs> the uh I don't even know what, what, what kind of what can you call it? It's just pure frustration. It was a temper tantrum. I guess you could really sum it up that way. But what is Kevin Love's future? I mean, we got him we got him under contract for two more seasons, and it would seem that all his trade value has just been lost or, you know, unbeknownst to us, maybe the Cavs and Kobe Altman and company just didn't like the offers that they were getting, but nonetheless, what do you do with Kevin love?
1: Right. So to confirm when he signed with Cleveland, that was an extension, right? Not a new contract. So we had one year left when he signed that. So this is year two of of four. Correct. Oh boy. Ah. See, I've, I've always been a staunch defender of Kevin love just because Yeah. Two years ago, you know, it was brutal because I think he got hurt in the fourth or fifth game and they never found rhythm because of it. And so we missed him. And when he came back, he looked good. And last year, I thought he was good. I don't know. Maybe it was because he had Tristan around. I don't know what their relationship was, but I'm sure having him and Del Vodoba kind of together uh, from the championship guys must have helped keep him in check. This year, he's supposed to be the veteran. I noticed that a lot of this has happened since Javale was traded. JaVale is probably the most veteran voice they had. I love Hartenstein, but they got a he's a young guy. It's not like they got a veteran for McGee. They haven't added any veterans per se. You know, Dodson is something of a veteran on this team, <laughs> given that. Broderick Thomas, who's in his first year out of from division two, is older than half their roster as well. He'd be considered a veteran. But <laughs> I, I think it's gotta be that. It's that there's no one and you're not supposed to have to keep him in line again. It does seem, thankfully, that, that, is, that his health is in check, mentally speaking, because I know he's dealt with a lot. It doesn't seem that's an issue, so keep, there's no using that for any reason. I think that, I don't know, I, I thought he was cool, and I guess the fact is, Mac, and you've seen this with Dion and Kyrie and LeBron in love for the first year, and having read uh, Return of the King by McMenamin and Windhorse, you learned about the, I learned about the relationship that they had. Everything's under a microscope. And that's just the nature of playing for the Cavs. I thought it would pass when LeBron was gone, but it's still here. And every right uh, does the media have to make this a national story? Because it is one. You know, when there's issues. The Cavs trade these guys. Kevin Love's still here. I think that he's frustrated. I don't know what with because they were in the game. He gets his touches. You know, he gets to start when there's some talented young guys behind him that in a lot, on a lot of teams – like in an OKC or in an Orlando, perhaps they'd move these types of guys to the bench and start the youth instead. So I think he should be grateful that starting spot. Again, I know there's a lot of money and a lot of years tied up, but I think that he's gotta suck it up for these ten games. And I know he's apologized, but here's the thing this isn't new. There's been little things, there's been blow ups with other players.
0: Yeah, this this is not the first situation. I'm sure we all remember the uh <laughs> the little blow up he had last season with Colin Sexton.
1: Oh yeah. I didn't, you don't forget that. And you know, it's just, it's a bunch of things kind of tying together now. And I don't know if he's even considered damaged goods or if he's goods at all. Like, again, I love the guy. I think he's a great human being, you know, uh, I know he got engaged, I think right before the season started. So good for him. His personal life is, is doing well, but yeah, I think basketball wise, I don't think he has much to offer in the mentorship. I think that the only good mentor they have is is Delhi right now. I don't think it's Kevin, and I hope that they're able to figure it out so that not only can Larry Nance, who's thumb hopefully be fully healed for next season, he can become a starter or maybe a backup to whoever they draft. And you know, it's, it's he's just he's taking up space. Not only. On the court, but, you know, on on the depth chart, you know, think about all the guys that could possibly get some run if he was out. He's taking minutes from Lamar Stevens, who had some great run earlier. You know, might get a little more Dean Wade. Dean Wade seems to play better when he's got more minutes. He's not a good, as we've seen, he's not good in short stints. He only gets a couple of shots. So, I don't know, him him being back, like, great for him, and he had some good moments, but I think that it's hindering everybody else.
0: I couldn't agree more. I will say this, man. I think Kevin Love isn't damaged goods. I think that he can be a very productive player. I just think he has to fully buy in to whatever it whatever it is the Cavs are selling him at this point. I think that the culture that the team has tried to instill in JB in particular, um you know, it's 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 heading in the right direction. I do like what I'm seeing um from the rest of the team as a whole in regards to that. But for Kevin Love, not only is he, you know, he he doesn't quite look in shape. You know, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, him missing most of this season plays a role, a huge role in him not being as productive as Kevin Love, you know, had been in the past. But I think that given an offseason, if he's able to get his mind right, if he's able to buy in and he's able to put these situations behind him. Then he can return to at least providing, you know, starting level impact on the team. Um, as you stated, he is taking minutes away from younger players who really probably do need them and need to develop, i.e., Lamar Stevens, who, although earned a full contract with uh, with Cleveland, isn't quite seeing the court. You know, aside from Stevens, as you also said, you know, Wade, Wade is a guy who needs shots. He's a guy who needs to get into a rhythm. You can't just put him out there. So I'm very interested to see what the Cavs do in the off season. And I know some of this is going to factor into, you know, who they end up drafting, you know, what, what position they go with, if they go with a a wing, because, you know, we'll get into a little bit later, but Cleveland definitely needs some type of scoring from that wing position. I love Isaac Okoro. I love the development I'm seeing from him. But we do need to add somebody in that department, whether it be you know, through free agency, uh, but most likely through the draft.
1: Uh, but Ken, the, so quick, quick thing. You know what's interesting is that you know I was thinking about this over, over the last day or so. Isaac Okoro is somebody. We saw him score 20 last night and getting what, career, six, high. career high. Finally, he got the plateau. And, and he did that scoring what, 16 in the paint? or 14 in the paint, it was 1-3, mm-hmm. all layups. And he can do that. And, you know, when he's able to play well is when he doesn't have a dominant guy he has to cover for the whole time. I think that's so much of his energy. And, again, he's only a rookie. He'll figure this out like Jimmy Butler has. And he's not going to be Jimmy, but here's why I say that. Jimmy Butler is tasked with covering the best player for 40 minutes a game, and yet here he is out here scoring. Some, sometimes he'll score 15, but he'll dish the ball. But he can. he's capable, like we saw in the playoffs, scoring 30, scoring 40. A ceiling is going to be a guy that can be a lockdown defender, then score you twenty to twenty-five. And I think that as a teenager, now now twenty years old, having to cover the best player and knowing he has to stay in front because again, no disrespect, Garland and Sexton are, are Garland and Sexton are still figuring things out defensively. Kevin Love's a we've seen way too many lapses on defense, and you can't just leave everything up to Jared Allen or Isaiah Hardenstein behind you. A has to defend so hard. I think when you can. When some of these guys start to improve defensively and you get better uh, guys on that end around him, I think we're going to see him become a scorer because he's not going to have to use all his energy on defense and he's not going to have tired legs every time he pulls up for a three in the third or fourth quarter. So I'm very excited for the defense to kind of shift and get better so he can exert his energy to other areas.
0: Do you think he'll be able to make that transition though with the smallish type of backcourt that we have? I mean – You know, I've never would get down on Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. But one thing I will say is that there is, you know, they're not liabilities on defense because I I have liked what I've seen from Garland as of late and really Sexton too. You know, they they really do try. They really are. They have been more aggressive on defense. But being at the size that they are, there is to me a bit of a, a cap to the the height that you can reach in terms of defensive capabilities for them. So, if o- Okoro is taking the pressure off of those two defensively, guarding the best wing or uh, best guard out on the court, I just I question at this point in time, from what I've seen, how much further the growth that they can have will actually impact the game and allow Okoro those scoring opportunities and not have to um, use predominantly most of his energy on the defensive end. I just, I don't know how much, what really what the ceiling is on uh, for them defensively. I I just, I don't know. I think Cleveland at this point needs to add length in the starting lineup at either the one or the two spot, but uh, (laughs) we can get into that, you know, a little bit later. Uh, One thing I did want to ask you, man, Jetty Osman. I'm conflicting on Jetty Osmond. I, I want to vote for him. I want to uh, – you know, he's, he did have my vote of confidence to begin the season because if you remember, he started off hot. Yep. But, you know, he's shooting sub-31%. I think they have him at 30.4% from deep, actually. Now, I know last, last two games really helped in that department. Um, but with torn prints, you know, having the surgery – do you think J.D. Osmond will finish out the season, you know, averaging as many minutes as he has the last two games?
1: No, I think I think that once we get to the final uh, four or five, I think it's going to dip. I think that by the time they play the finale, it will probably be down to about 25. I think that they, they ha I mean, with Winler being out, this stinks. This would have been really ideal for him. But I think that you're going to see Broderick get some more run. I think that you might see Omar at the three a bit. You think they will Martin out there? See, he's, I heard he's still not with the team, so I'm still waiting for him to get there. But it looks like they're not going to rush Delhi because of this neck strain. Given everything he's dealt with, I hope he's not done. But the fact that they signed Martin while Delhi was—I see—I don't know why he's not with the team. I don't know what's going on. Oh, it's probably health and safety protocols. Yeah, right? I
0: think it's the protocols.
1: But uh, I would I would welcome Martin. But know he's small though. I mean, he looked good for the Nets in the bubble. But let me just double check. I think he's about five ten or six foot. Maybe I'm completely wrong.
0: I think basketball reference has him listed like six, like, two. Yeah. Okay. Six, like two, but he's guard.
1: small. He's not a big guard, but um, yeah, he can score. You know, I, I like him. He's only 24 to uh, be 25 at the end of the season. I, I like him. I'd be fine with that. But I think that it's more about Broderick and Lamar than it is about Osman. I think he'll still, still <clears throat> excuse me. He'll still get minutes. You know, I like him too. I always have, you know, I, I see people getting down and it's, it's kind of funny. I feel like every time he shoots, you know when it's going in or not, which is funny because for a 30% shooter, the <laughs> 7 out of every 10 don't. But I, I, he's better than those numbers. I think that maybe – I don't know what, what the locker room is like or what the, it is behind the scenes for whatever. I think he played better under Beeline. He's one of the only people that played better under Beeline than under Bickerstaff. Uh, I don't know. He's a good scorer when he needs to be. I think he's great at getting into the lane. I just – I don't think he does it enough. He's a, he's, I think he a, has a high – uh, Efficiency—he's high efficiency when he's slashing. I think that from three, I don't know. I think that the inconsistent playing time throughout the year and constantly having his role changed around hurt him. Um, I'm glad he's playing now. He doesn't deserve—he's better than the DNP CDs, but the rotations have made no sense for much of the season, to be frank. So, I mean, I'm not shocked that he was on the bench for a while. I do think he deserves to stay in the rotation. Is he going to start every game? I don't know. I hope Torian has a full recovery because I think I could see Torian being a huge guy from day one next year based on the last two weeks. But yeah, I think he could be a super sub.
0: And you know, he, he really should get anywhere in between uh, 23 to 26 minutes, maybe even more than that next season, uh, Prince. But Oseman, man, like I said, I'm conflicted on him because every time. He looks to go on a run every time he, he gets hot. He cools off just, just out of, out of nowhere, and you want to keep him in the rotation. But you can understand, then, well, at least in my opinion, you can understand Bickerstaff pulling him. But conversely, yanking him in and out of the rotation and hidden, you know, with his. Minutes being so sporadic as they have been this season, it's got to be hard to get into a rhythm. so how can you expect the guy to really contribute at a high level if you're not allowing him to work through you know the the hot and the cold streaks uh you think Oseman will end up traded this off season
1: no jetty's not on me what is isn't, isn't this the last year of the deal uh, I think he's still got at least
0: one more after this track. he just he just signed that extension not too long ago let just confirm.
1: Right, I forgot about it. Let's see. Jetty Osman, spotrack.com. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, he has three years. Oh, just kicked in this year. Um, No, I don't think so. I think he's still young. I know the Clippers had some interest at the deadline. They were the only team I know of that did. He'll. I mean, if they want to trade him, I don't know what they get for Justin. It might have to be a package with someone else. And if they want to get an asset, I just don't know what other teams think of him. No, I'm, I'm cool with him getting – Whatever happens, I, I don't, I, if he's on the team, he should get some kind of minutes. Then again, with Winler comes back healthy, I don't know. They have quite a few roster decisions to make. Uh, even with Steven's guarantee, I'm not positive because McKinney also got that guarantee. I guess, okay, he's, you he had a four. Let's see, there, there's some salary questions to answer. You know, let's see what happens <laughs> with Dean. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, you know, let's see what happens with Dean. Let's see what they do with Hartenstein. You know, maybe they have to trade Jetty to free up some money. Let's see what pick they get. Because depending on that, it'll cost more money to pay a higher pick than it will to pay. It'll cost a lot more actually still to pay the one or two versus the five or six. Hopefully we do get the high pick so we can have that problem. This is a
0: deep draft too. You know, so top heavy
1: though, very top heavy.
0: Indeed. Uh, In this same line of thought talking about, you know, who's going to stay, who's going to go. Obviously, the line of thought was trading for Jared Allen meant that he was going to be staying in Cleveland. Now, I might be in the minority here, but I actually liked for the most part what we got out of Andre Jumman at least while he was in the rotation. I know there was the head scratching plays. I know that he could irritate and look lost on defense or maybe he just wasn't engaged, but he was to me at least a big reason why we won early in the season, nonetheless, you know enter Jared Allen in the trade. Jared Allen, you know, some nights he can look like the best big man on the floor and other nights he can he can look lost too. Um, what do you think his worth is? you think they're going to throw a max at him?
1: Yeah, I also think it's funny we're having this conversation because I remember preseason, it's like, all right, what are they paying Drummond? They're going to give Drummond the max. What does he want? And how it's like, oh, wait, Andre is playing with LeBron now and we're doing this with Jared Allen? Yeah, he he <laughs> deserves every penny, but whatever it is. Let's see. Um, and in regards to Drummond, you're not – I mean, you're in the minority, but I should say we're in the minority because until the last couple of games and starting with the benching on Valentine's Day against Phoenix, I was confident. You know, I thought he'll turn it around at some point, but it was, it was dumb. I think that what they did and what the, the Pistons did with, with, uh, with Blake, what the Spurs did with Aldridge before – the heart issues and what the the Rockets did with Tucker. I think it's so asinine that they guys are under contract. People want to see them play. You have to remember it's still a business and they're all just getting benched so they can get traded and be healthy. Like, dude, just, just cut the person and let them go. (laughs) It's so dumb that we had to watch Andre Drummond sit on the bench for six weeks, Blake Griffin for four weeks, PJ Tucker for three and a half. What is the point?
0: It's, it's really gotten bad.
1: It's gotten bad, and it's something that, that it does – it is it is relevant to all this. I mean, Jared Allen got more value because he became a starter faster. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, he'll get a – I think four years. So a lot of centers are getting four years. You don't want to give a five-year deal to a center in this day and age. You just – you never want it – I mean, Rudy has a five, but I don't – I can't – Jokic and Embiid probably have fives if they haven't – I think they've both signed already. But there's not many centers you want with long-term deals. You never know what's going to happen, what you're going to change. We had no—I mean, Orlando was supposed to trade Vucevic like four years ago. When they finally traded Vooch now and we're still shocked they did it because they drafted Mobamba. Then they made their decision, although it wasn't from Obama. Clearly, the decision was for Wendell. But getting back to the Cavs side of things, um, I'm thinking 80 to 90, probably the mid 80s. I'm picturing four-year 84 in my head. I don't know what his asking price is. And we, we don't – we can't look at these players and actually understand where their thought process is. The amount they want is a lot more than them. And you know, how much they're going to, you know, take to, to help their family, how much for, for – whatever, whatever they're going to use it for. It, it's a lot more. I mean, it's, and they earn it, right? They earn – Jared earn earned the yeah. right to, to get the extra six to eight. You know, I don't know what it's going to be. But if I'm the Cavs here, – here, Mac, here's my uh, closing thought on that. I think they should pay him before he hits the open market. So as soon as they're able to, don't let other teams get there and even meet with him. Send those offer sheets. Yeah. yeah, none of that because anything can happen with that. They can't get out of the range because they got rid of Drummond to make sure that this was their guy. But get him before another team signs an offer sheet because things can get really messy. And I know maybe – like the Nets screwed up two teams back in 2016. or might have been 17 when they offered Tyler Johnston $50 million and they offered alan Crabb seventy two million and you remember
0: up, the Chandler Parsons contract
1: yeah, I see, I actually loved Chandler Parsons, so i wasn't I was actually happy for him, and then within a year, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah that was that was just that, that never worked. I saw a, a, a grizzly game in Boston when he was there, and he he was only talking to Marcus Sol he wasn't talking to anyone else that day. he was out wow.
0: I think uh, Allen, man, I, I would love to see him get a contract somewhere in the area. You remember Clint Capella? I think he got a five-year, $90 Yeah. I think that you, would be perfect for
1: Allen. Well, you? I don't know. I, I feel like, A, hey, sorry to cut you off quickly, but I think Capella's now criminally underpaid with what he's done this year. He should be getting 20-plus. 20, 20 I don't know. Five. I know he's still really young, but I don't know. You never know who's going to come around, what might change. I would go four-year. You never know. Until – I guess there's nothing more he can add besides a consistent jumper. He's a perfect player for the Cavs to have. He's a lot of threat. He's a rim protector. We've seen him three, him. too. He'll get there. I, he does need to work on rebounding still a little bit. I want to see him be able to get rebounds over everybody and not just let the ball escape. One thing about Drummond, when he was down low, he always got it. Whether or not he took it away from someone else on his team, whatever, he always got it. Allen is not a consistent 10 rebound guy that's the only thing and look you don't need to average double digit rebounds but you got to be able to get them when you need them and I just feel like whether or not it's someone else not sealing off or him not sealing off there's just too many offensive rebounds allowed when he's on the court so I just want to see him improve that maybe then I'll say five years but I'll go four year 84 but five year 90 is interesting you really think he'd (laughs) go for that?
0: I think it would be a good a fair offer for him compared to what he might get on the open market. I know we we devalue Big Men now, but he's rather yeah, I think what is he, twenty
1: three, twenty two, twenty three? I think he'll you think he's- either turning 23 or just turning 23
0: yeah yeah i think that he could possibly approach that in the open market if you know uh, a team was able to get to him before cleveland but i agree with you i think it would be in cleveland's best interest to lock him up before it even gets that far um you know obviously with planning for a sexton extension uh you know trying to lock up hartenstein or you know whatever what have you with dean wade and uh, and and Prince, and that's another interesting thing. I think we got Prince under contract for one more
1: season. Yeah, fourteen million he'll make next year. Then he hits. Then he's a free agent.
0: So there's all these different contracts that Cleveland and Kobe Altman and company are going to have to kind of leverage and figure out. You know who fits where and who is worth what. Um, you know, mm-hmm. compounded with the fact of obviously this team is going to be drafting in the top ten. Uh, so adding in that contract. But, yeah, I, I could definitely see the five-year uh, five 90 million, but it might end up probably where you say it is because of just the devaluation of big men at this point um, and how they age. But, you know, with that being said, man, we got a few games left this season. <sighs> Find a bright spot for me.
1: Um, well, I can say this. The Cavs end the season in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the darkest arena in the NBA. So I can say that when we're <laughs> watching the Cavs, there is a bright Literally. arena. <laughs> uh, no, there, there's plenty of bright spots. And here's why you watch. And I'm sure you're in the same boat as me. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter who's taking the court. At the end of the day, we tune in. We listen to the same guys for 72 games, AC and uh, and John Michael, right? And, some, and Angel right. Gray. Whoever else might be there, Mike Fratello, whatever whatever the situation calls for, and if it's radio, you know Tim Alcourt, Jim Jones also do a great job. It doesn't matter who's on the court. We, I'm sure you were with me watching da- Damian Dotson guide them to wins in the third week of the, the second and third week of the season when Colin and Darius were out together. They yeah. missed five, yeah, they, they missed five games together, and there were eight games total without the two of them out there. I think Garland missed eight. We're still watching. Like, what what's changed? Because half the rosters out. No. Yeah, we have a guy named Cabin Jelly now. You know, peanut butter jelly time is literally part of his name. Like, we want to watch that. We want to watch improvement. We want to see Omar Stevens get a con- concussion protocol ASAP and let tomorrow night against Orlando please be his last missed game. Um, we just, we just want to see improvement, right? We want to see how JB handles things. The shortened rotation, who's he going to trust more now? This is what we wonder about when guys don't get in. So now they're getting in. What is Broderick Thomas worth? giving a minimum deal to or is he going to just fly on the G league radar for another year? Right. Is, uh, is Dotson going to show that they should pick up the second year of his deal? Or is it going to be something where just he hits the streets and they want to find a new guy in his, in his situation to give a one year deal. I think guys are going to be playing hard now, harder than they have because plans are officially dead. They're going to be facing really good teams. are going to be saying, forget it all in, just try your hardest. And I think that, all these players that have been spectators for so long are eager to show all, all of us, you you, myself and all the fans, why they're in the NBA. So I think there's that. And also, I mean, sex lands. That's pretty cool, right? When they're both healthy.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Before I let you go, I'm just going to play a couple of rapid fire questions for you.
1: Let's hear Let's do it, baby.
0: All righty. First one. Is next season a make or break year for J.B. Bickerstaff?
1: Absolutely, it's the same situation as Memphis. Uh, was, he never got the second chance in Houston. Takes over at some point during the year, as he did for Fisdale in Memphis after I think it was a five and twelve start. And he's not going to get fired for a slow beginning. I don't even know who the, who they'd even hire. I don't <laughs> I Greg Buckner. I don't think he's ready for that. Did you uh, like the
0: one game that you coached?
1: I did, although I didn't notice anything he did differently. <laughs> Seems like he played the same guys. The minutes weren't drastically different. I mean, Torian I think was available for that game, so that helped. Um, no, don't don't fire him yet. I mean, he gets he gets a bad rap. I mean, he's a relationships guy. I know everyone except Kev. I, maybe they do like each other, but he doesn't have him in check. Clearly, everyone besides Kev, they all seem to get along. You know, I, I bet you this if any, and I like this. I'll, I'll be quick with this. Uh, he, you know he took over for David Fisdale in Memphis and was still involved in the wedding. He was in the wedding. They're still friends and Fisdale still gives him advice. So I love that about him. That That's he's, a good story. Yeah. He's a relationships guy. So I guarantee if any, I don't know, I guess Kevin Love's the only one engaged right now. If anyone on the Cavs, and they're all too young, I guess, but if any Cav had a wedding in the next six months, I guarantee you JB would get an invite and be at the VIP table. Like that's that's where I think he is with these guys, and that's why I think he's important to keep around and not pressure just yet.
0: I'd agree with that. I think his relationship with both Garland and Sexton, in particular, have been really good to see. You can; it's clear that they have bought into uh, what he's putting down. I, I I'm in the same line of thought with you, although I do think next season for him probably will be make or break. Uh, but I think you got to at least let him play it out before, you know. If, it, if we hit a rough stretch next season, I don't think you pull the trigger on him. I don't want to see him get the David Blatt treatment. <laughs> oh,
1: My goodness. yeah. I, well, there there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff with that, but I, I hear you, man. They they almost fired him a lot earlier than they than they even did. But at thirty and eleven, that's just. Uh, That's kind of like when the Heat were 18-11, and the year they ended up winning with Wade and Shaq. And at 18-11, and they told Stan to take a hike, and Pat Riley just stepped in.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Okay, man, next question. Who's the first player on this roster that will make an all-star team? Mm. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, or Jared
1: Allen? I got to go Colin just because when you're talking about all-star games, it's either – be a really good veteran on a good team with lower numbers like Lowry and Chris Paul from the last couple of years getting in, right, because you have an impact on winning. Or if you're if you're a young guy to get in, you have to be really good because apparently everyone hates Trey Young now. I mean, I know he's not the cleanest player as far as the uh, way Don't plays. get me started, babe. <laughs> not, still-
0: I'm not going to comment on this. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: And it's fine, but he still averages 28 and 9 since He was a starter last year, for Pete's sakes. He was, there were three replacements in ahead of him. And this year was probably the hardest year ever to vote. Like, Jeremy Grant almost got in. That wouldn't have even been – that would have been funny in a way that, that Denver is like, we should have paid him more money, bro. But anyway, um, it's probably going to be Sexton. Garland, I don't think, is going to have the all-star numbers. I don't think – I think Sexton is their media attention guy at this point. After what happened against Brooklyn, I know everyone's paying attention. And so – what they need to do, and I'm sure you agree, why the heck are there only 12 All Star spots? Because we've update, we've upgraded to 13 active players and 15. Uh, can 13 active? And then why don't you just make it like a 15 man All? star Why is it still 12? I like, agree
0: with it, that. 15 extra,
1: to 16. It, even 13. Just one more, because I uh, I know it took 2K an extra year to get to 13 uh, for active, but th- we updated from 12. Like none of this. Like it's so dumb. That extra spot is huge, but I think Sexton, and I think if not next year, then he'll have a long-term contract when he gets there. It'll be great to see him in next year. We'll get something. I think Larry Nance will do the dunk contest next year, and maybe Jared Allen will do the skills challenge. And then That'd be uh, fun to watch. I'd love to see, man, the uh, – Honestly, I, I hope the ball they give him as an Afro one it just like kinda of just, just, <laughs> just, just finds like one of those awakes from Barishao night, but like from Afro oh, night if they have
0: one. Boom. What a player. Yeah. What a player. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah, I I agree with you on that one. I think Jared Allen still has a little bit more improvement to make uh in order to even realistically be considered in that conversation, I think Sexton is probably the closest. Uh, if, especially if Cleveland wins any, you know, more games next season, if they're close to a playoff spot, I think, you know, he'll end up getting in. Garland, I've always said this. I, I kind of, I don't know, he or may not have seen me tweet this, but I think that he could have a career very reminiscent of Mike Conley's, and. I could definitely see him making an all-star possibly ladder in his career, just like we saw Mike Conley do Um, statistics are, you know, pretty similar, Uh, but I just don't see him getting the volume. And when he's so consumed with playmaking, you know, obviously he needs to be with uh, Colin Sexton on the court. Uh, But I do see Sexton as the closest player of that trio to making uh, his first trip to the All-Star game, whether that be next season or this season after that.
1: Uh, and is this, Mike, Mike, quick on the Mike Conley thing. Is, is this, this is more just statistic, right? Not type of player. Because no, no disrespect, Darius is going to be great. But the Conley's impact, and I guess maybe this is a similarity, Conley's impact will never be appreciated. I know he only got in, I feel like they were pressured to put him. I don't think he belonged this year. I think he belonged a couple of years ago. I don't think he should have made it this year. I just think that. There were other. I know Utah had the best record, but I think other players were still more deserving than he was. I don't think he was never in
0: the. I just. It was def. This season was definitely a legacy All Star game. Uh, I I could definitely see that being the reason why they put him in. So I agree with you on that. Uh, no, I'm. I am speaking strictly from a statistical standpoint. I'm good. Uh, with that. But as far as his impact on the court, Conley has never really been appreciated the way he should have. Uh, just it, it was so hard for him to crack the uh, all-star game in the West uh, you know obviously still being in the West but earlier in his career there was just so many so many better options in this season you could have made an argument for a couple of different guys to make it in ahead of him so and, uh,
1: and also it's a crime that no one thinks it's a crime that CJ's never even been in consideration He's getting the Monte treatment. All it's what like a Monte what a two player,
0: man. What a very underrated player. It's, people disrespect CJ all the time. <laughs> I I know that they're you know they're they're sealing together defensively may leave a oh, lot to be desired. Oh, yeah.
1: It's terrible.
0: But you know in today's era they're electric uh, when both are healthy, uh healthy Dame and CJ. There's few backcourts that are better so i think it is it's criminal that he hasn't been there yet
1: not for sure i mean he's, he's also an ohio guy he's a big browns guy i guarantee if he was not in the nba he'd be tweeting calves every night and if he was tweeting calves other people would be tweeting calves we only have fans we don't <laughs> have any media. no media jason lloyd doesn't even tweet the calves man come
0: on man. terrible
1: fedor is the only one <laughs>
0: Uh, that guy, his takes. I don't. I don't get me started on it.
1: Uh We don't need to get. Also, shout out Kelsey Russo though while we're talking. She does a nice job. I read her stuff on the athletic. She does. She does some good work. So at like, least yeah. we can shout out. We shout out some positivity there.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed, and with highlighting, you know, bright spots for the rest of the season. Those those people always have a good spin on things. Minus fedor but <laughs> uh, next question. Where are the Cavs finishing, pick wise? If you had to put a prediction out there right now, what kind of pick? Do
1: you um, now they got fifth last two years. Um, I'm gonna say I'll say fourth. I think I'll we'll move up a spot. I don't know. Top three will probably be what Minnesota, Houston, and OKC did win tonight. So that actually puts them in the same win total as the Cavs. So you know, let's see. I think that this, the game against Orlando will determine a lot. Don't start tanking now, though. Look, if they end up with a good pick, great, but don't lose on purpose. And this is why I'm against tanking. It's because you've got to create a culture of some kind. And, yes, you can get a better pick, but you're better off losing playing hard, knowing you're going to lose than just – I guess I don't even know how to lose on purpose. I guess benching guys, whatever. Just don't lose on purpose. Try and win every game. Like, if the Cavs win every game, great. They obviously won't. If they do, I would not be mad, even if it meant that they teetered on the brink of playing and not. You know, uh, probably fourth, though. They'll, there's a few teams worse, and I know the odds are very different than they used to be, but I think we'll fall into number four.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's just probably about where I had him at. Uh, I do think that you know, I honestly completely agree with you just because there is no guarantee that even if you finish with the East worst record that you're going to get that number one, number two, even number three pick. So you have every single reason to try and play as hard and win as many games for the rest of the season as possible. I've never really been about tanking. And to be honest with you, I don't think the players are either. I think that's that's a conversation that, you know, general management has with the coaching staff and you might see it in a rotation, um, you know, down the stretch. I don't think players purposefully do it, though. I think it really just comes down to the rotations and and coaching. But finishing them number four would be very helpful. Now, if they were, I guess this could be the last question for you, man. Who you think they would end up drafting?
1: Uh, well, actually, I don't have an answer because if if it's not Cade, I don't watch enough college hoops. I mean, I um, I don't watch a ton of March Madness. I did catch. The, the great uh, semifinal game, I'll be that I fell asleep during the championship because I watched the Cavs first and I didn't think I had enough for two full games in me that day. Um, I don't think I can answer that, honestly. I just think get a forward. Probably You want to probably draft a three or a four. Probably a four. You don't want a Coral coming off the bench. So, I mean, it's the best player available. I have no idea. It's weird. It's funny because there's always better players available I look at every team when they draft someone like oh crap they took they took a mellow ball bro they have Rozier and Graham (laughs) like yes he's obviously better but like yo you just established something why are you taking that I don't know they're going to be a
0: good team you know not to get off topic or anything no they are they're they're going to be a good
1: team I mean uh, they're probably have to end up trading trading Graham because he's a very clear number three guard I like him a lot but he's clearly the third best guard but at, at the end of the day you know you draft the best player on the board and they get minutes right I didn't I thought, oh, you took Anthony Edwards. Oh, we have Malik Beasley. Oh, what the heck do I know? <laughs> Look at what Edwards has done. Look at Beasley getting into trouble, getting injured, getting suspended. I mean, it's been a very tough year for him. and weird one off the court, which we're, we don't talk about that, obviously. We're not talking about that. that was weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, but draft the best player available. I guess if it's a guard, then, then go for it. If it's a center, you know, why not? It might be better than Hardy. Hardenstein could be. And, If you want a small forward, you want to bring Isaac off the bench, I guess, fine. I don't know. I mean, there's a reason that GMs uh, get paid uh, seven figures to make these decisions. It's not easy. If you told me I have to draft for the Cavs, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, no, Dean Wade can't give minutes (laughs) if we take Kate Cunningham. Or, no, the Lovadova's gone if we draft Jalen Suggs." There's no way. You know, we want – who's another? Uh, Evan Mobley? No. (sighs) sharon allen bro i, I don't know I, I i can't answer it's very hard i i get too sentimental about players i like and what drafting guys is going to do to their roles so i, I don't think I, for any team let alone Cavs. so i don't think i can answer that unfortunately.
0: okay well since you can't answer that one i'm going to throw another hard ball at you okay <laughs> say the Cavs do luck out and we get that lottery ticket that is the number one overall pick and we select k cunningham who do you bench
1: Got to be Kevin, right? You can't bench Isaac off the bench. No no disrespect There's a reason that the Grizzlies benched OJ Mayo for Tony Allen. And it's not just because – and the suspension did help, OJ's 10-game suspension, because it gave them no choice but to start Tony Allen. And there's a reason that Thabo Cephalosha on his prime day in OKC started over James Harden. You start the defensive guy, you bring the scorer off the bench. There's a reason that uh, – Royce O'Neill starts over Jordan Clarkson because you could very well put Bowie on at the four instead of Royce, but you need to score off the bench. So keep Isaac, you bench love. And if he doesn't like that, then we're going to have some problems, but <laughs> you, you got to take cave because you got to forget about numbers also, by the way, because Denny Avdia put up not very good numbers until like the end of his time in Israel. So we can't judge any part of his season. When he was getting the hype, he wasn't even putting up no, he's Averaging like four points, I don't understand how it works over there. Like no one, like even though everyone talks high about Luke, I like, probably averaged like twelve a game if we pull up his stats. Krista's probably averaged like six and five with one point one blocks on thirty eight percent shooting. That's probably it's just it's hard over there. I guess they played
0: much differently over there. I, they probably so no, were playing different type of minutes too. So I don't
1: exactly. So that but that being said. Cade, I know, had some inconsistencies. In the one game of his I watched in the tournament, he did hit a couple shots in a row at one point, but he wasn't the guy. But he is the guy. You gotta take CC here. You know, give us give us time to forget about Jared Cunningham, the Cunningham that never was, the one that got traded for Joe Harris.
0: <laughs> Man, that was a guy we let go.
1: Yeah. Jared, Jared Cunningham was only was only cool enough to make the LeBron after game photos. That was it. Like I mean, I, if I get a chance to talk to Jared Cunningham, I would, you know, I'd talk with respect. He's in the NBA. He's a high flyer. He seems like a good dude. But in an, on an NBA level, he was just in LeBron's photos. That's what he was. That was his label. In LeBron's posse. There's nothing he did that was relevant. Not, they had to trade Joe, I guess, because of his back problems. But anyway, you know, we need a Cunningham that's good. You know, Dante Cunningham's going forgotten in the NBA community when this is said Right. Okay, it'll be great. And I think that starting him with the four is perfect. So I think he can play point forward and take all the pressure off both guards and do a better job than Love was of passing it to them. I also think he can rebound nicely better than Love can, even better than Nance can. And I think that then having an extra ball handler who can shoot and can do all this. Man, I mean, yes, all eyes are gonna be on the calves if they do that, kinda like the Hornets with ball, but sign me up, man. I'll be I'll be unreal if we can make that happen. But now you're making me want it happen. <laughs> like should, I, should we should we just skip the draft and tell Adam Silver to give the Cavs the first pick?
0: I I'd agree with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, twenty nine other teams, so we're not we're not we're not accepting other calls this time.
0: <laughs> I do have one last question for you. Certainly. Who's the best guard between the two from the twenty nineteen NBA draft? Uh, Morant. No no, no,
1: no, no, no. See, this is either bait or cap, which are the two most popular words in 2021 that didn't exist three years ago.
0: (laughs) Um, I got to get your opinion on it. I got to get your opinion on it, man. That's
1: fair. Um, But I think it's just major cap to even bring it up. John Morant, you know, obviously the Grizzlies are in a very different situation than the Cavs. If you put John, here's the thing. If you put John Morant on the Cavs, they probably, no, Garland's going to be great. I love him. I don't want to get rid of him. But they'd be better with Morant because Morant plays better D. Morant's more athletic. Morant is a more consistent passer. Morant's more athletic. Morant's a better defender. Ja- Garland's a much better shooter. Garland Garland makes flashy plays like low-key flash, not like Morant just making sports center. I mean, Morant had more hype coming out, let's also remember. He had a full two years at Murray State, second year as a starter was a beast, did it in the tournament. He had triple-double in March his first guy <laughs> since Draymond, which is a big deal.
0: The dude was straight-up balling.
1: Straight-up balling. And I know Murray State has one or two other guys in the NBA right now. i got to look back at names to get, that, to get them. But Moran came in with more height. Moran was the number two pick. Morant could well have been number one if Zion had any kind of injury issues at Duke that were serious enough. So, and he's legit. Moran's better. He does everything better almost except for consistent shooting. At the end of the day, you know, he might have a higher turnover rate because he tries more fancy things. But, you know, they would probably both thrive in their respective situations, even if you switch them. But I can't put Garland ahead of Moran. What does he do? That's, just tell me, Mac, as, as we finish this. what 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 would – he, what merits him going there is shooting efficiency. Cause I don't think that, that that that's that important given who Morant plays with the <laughs> JJJ and Brooks and Valanchunas Garland has to I don't know. Go, go ahead. Let's hear what you got on this.
0: Oh, well, what I would say is in terms of pure value from what you got at the five spot for Cleveland in that draft, I'm happy with what we got. If obviously, At this point in time, Morant is the better player. He's more athletic, as you stated. This man has a highlight reel into himself. Um, I'd like to see the shooting tick up a bit more, but uh, I can't definitively say, just being honest, I can't honestly say that Garland does anything better at this point than Morant. And I'm not really sure he'll ever get to a point where he'll be on Morant's level because I still see Morant ascending. I mean, both players are getting better, but I think in terms of just potential, I think Morant definitely has the higher potential at this point in time. I have been guilty of saying that I'd take Garland over Morant, but
1: is that is that was that because Morant dunk tried to dunk over Kevin Love and failed, so because of the dislike of Kevin Love, you're mad at Morant for not doing the dunk? (laughs) It might
0: be a little bit of that, but but now I'm mad at Kevin Love, so. I guess it all comes back around.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did a 720, of not even a 360. Did a 720, went all the way around twice.
0: Yeah, I, I do have to say, you know, I've, I've been guilty of saying Garland is the better player or that I'd take Garland over Moran at this point in time. But right now, Moran is clearly the better player. I think that uh, if you if you swap the two, Cleveland either is in the play-in or they're slightly closer than they are right now. I don't know what his fit will look like next to Sexton. I will. Oh, I will admit Dude,
1: that. I oh, I think I think we got to fire up the trade machine and make this thing happen. Get all three together. John Moran at small forward. I mean, hey, hey the Wizards are playing, like uh, literally playing Russell Westbrook at small forward. He's about the same height and build. Moran's a little thinner, but he has the same type of mentality as Westbrook. Like, boom, we're set. Three point guard lineup: Jaw, Sexton, Garland. The hypotheticals are off the charts. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it would definitely be fun to watch a three man lineup, man. Thanks for coming through. I didn't like I joked around with you. It's it was pretty hard to get you on, but I'm glad that we were able to finally connect.
1: Yeah, man, this has been fun. You know, it's been a good way to, uh, to spend spend the evening talking Cavs and really just uh, really getting into it because there's nothing better as you and I both know. We're not in Cleveland. So whenever we have a chance to get to get on and talk about the Cavs, or we can kind of take these deep dives, take it ten days out of ten. Even there's only seven days in a week.
0: <laughs> right, right. You know we don't have too much of the season left to go, so hopefully the Cavs can finish on a high note. Um, you know, finish somewhere within the top five. I'd be happy with that. But let's try and win some games here. Uh, you know, we got Orlando. Got. DC coming up again. We got Miami. There's a few games up here, you know, coming close to us that might be winnable, but hell with the way the, with the Cavs playing, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how many more wins we're going to see, but as always, just as you will be, you know, we'll be tuning in.
1: Absolutely. Nothing's keeping me away. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm hopefully going to be a game, the last game of the season in Brooklyn, uh, Cav nets. So it'll be really fun. Um, I don't assume I'm going to see any stars, though. It's going to be game 72. So Bro, you know
0: they're going to sit everybody.
1: Yeah, we're going to see uh, – what's what's – we're going to get Dotson playing 38 minutes. We're going to get uh, Hartstein. You might see Blake. Yeah, I might – I don't know. I feel like his. no, we're going to see a lot. We're going to see DeAndre Jordan and Reggie Perry. That's it. That's They're the only – net. that's going to sit everyone else. Be like, yo, just go two on five. We've got to preserve everyone else. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they they have got to remain healthy to have any shot at making the finals. Although, you know, completely healthy, I'm not sure there's a team in the NBA, at least in the East, that can compete with them from an offensive standpoint when they're healthy.
1: I'm with you. I I really want the Bucs. I just I really want to see them get over the hump. I know it's always the same issues in the playoffs. And I know they just lost to the Hawks and they showed flashes of the incompetence in big games like that. I really want to see Giannis in the finals. I just think that all the, all the crap he gets, I think everyone watching him on that stage will understand that he's not overrated despite not having much of a shot, and he's a lot better than anyone will ever admit. So I really want them in the finals. It would be great for Drew. It be good for Middleton to really get that exposure. And, I mean, there's, just, there's other there's other reasons. I just – I really like the Bucs. I, I really like them. And I know Philly's going to be – they're probably going to have to play Philly in round two – uh, I, I wish Brooklyn would have to play one of them. Actually, no, anything can happen here. What are you thinking of the Knicks? I don't know. If they have to play the Hawks in the first round, do that. That's a seven-game series right there. That's – I really like what they're doing, but that is, that's a tough series for upper both sides because the Hawks, if they're at full strength – so, listen, listen, these are all the guys that they have. Chris Dunn is back, and, you know, he's going to be getting minutes because he's a, he's a top-five defender of among point guards, I would yeah. say, at, at everybody. He's back. You're going to get possibly Reddish and Hunter back. So you might not even be able to play Tony Snell. You got Bogdanovich, Trey, Lou Williams, Collins, Capella. And then let's see, who else? They They got a deep rotation. They have a deep and they can match any team. If they need Collins at the five, fine. You need Gallinari at the five, fine. You need Height, Capella at the five, fine. You take out Trey and you put in Lou Williams you got Chris Dunn playing defense next to him. You got Bogdanovich and Gallinari scorching hot whenever you – They can they, easily they,
0: go 11-12 deep, man.
1: Easily. So I don't know. That's – and then the Knicks have Julius. But if they can slow down Julius, I, I don't know what RJ is going to look like in a playoff. That would be fun. But I want – I just – I hate – and here's another thing as is, is we, we, we close out. As as a basketball fan, not as a cast, but as a basketball fan, I get so caught up in matchups, right? I'm like – I hate that someone has to lose. I think any matchup can be close. Like when the Magic took game one from Toronto a couple of years ago on the Augustine winner, I wasn't even surprised. I'm like, that's basketball. But I, I hate that, it, that teams have to lose. Like, I hate that Atlanta and New York have to play each other. Like, great that one of them gets to win. I know, again, it's just sports because half the NFL teams, half the MLB teams lose in the first round. And I, it's, it's part of the I just, I have a hard time accepting losing. Just because you play all season, you work hard, and then someone has to beat you. I don't. It's it, it's so hard. If I, if I wasn't just like, I'm glad I have a, a clear cut favorite team we're on, like the Cavs. Because if I didn't, I think that that my personal issues would keep me from ever enjoying basketball. Because I just hate seeing teams that work so hard lose to a, a, to a team that's just there. It's just it's hard sometimes.
0: Oh man, definitely. I I, I definitely feel you. Uh, in in that line of thought, did you did you happen to catch the Zion Williamson Julius Randall battle this past weekend?
1: No, I. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I caught no. That's a lie. I caught the last. I caught most of the second half, and I caught the back half of the fourth quarter and overtime on radio. It was. I mean,
0: it was it, it was a hell of a game. Just I just thought I'd bring it up because of matchups. Did you see what Charles Oakley had to say about that, about those two
1: guys? I'd love to hear what he had. What did he say?
0: I don't know what he was thinking. I don't even know if he watches basketball anymore, but he said something that lines, along the lines of Julius Randle is a better version of Zion Williamson. I don't even know how that's possible. No, I
1: actually – all right, so here I see <clears throat> there's three, three, three schools of thought <clears throat> on that. Number one, they're both lefties, Okay. Number two, they're both just big bulky dudes except Zion Williamson shakes the ground like he caused that earthquake in Vegas that one time (laughs) with the dunk. Uh, And number three is that they're both really good around the rim. I think what he's saying is that he sees Julius as a developed version of Zion even though Randall – Julius Randall came in as a Zion type. He was a bully type. He wasn't a jump shooter at all. I mean now look at him. I think that he sees him as a finished product. I also really like Charles Oakley. So I, I guess I can't take anything he says negatively. Uh, <laughs> I also, I met him uh, at, the, at the basketball hall of fame a couple of years ago when he spoke. And oh, we I actually, had
0: to took, be an experience.
1: We, we spoke and I, he, I, was a, we got, I thankfully I got uh, someone was with me. We've got a timely picture. We're smiling at each other, talking big three. Oh, you can only see his smile, not my face, but I'm, i wore a Dominic McGuire, big three shirt. We talked big three. Cause I was the next day. I assume that's why they scheduled him then. Cause he just go Springfield to Boston. Anyway, I think that's what he's Randall is, is, is Zion with a jump shot. He's not as physical, but any Knicks game you watch, he's buying people. He's hitting shots all over the place. He's impacting every possession. And when he draws the extra attention, he knows how to pass. And yes, it's late in the shot clock, but Barrett and Bullock are very good at that. Catch the ball with three or four seconds and, and uh, square yourself up. So I think he just sees him as a finished product. It's not that crazy. Is it asinine in a way? Yes, because Zion's on the come up, and Randall's had all these years to become what he is. But I don't
0: that's know. that's that was the aspect of it that got me. If I'm being honest, it's just the the uh, the longevity between the two. I think Zion's only played like 80, maybe 81 games, career wise. Oh uh and randall's been in the league for a few different years and he's played for what i think three different teams now
1: yeah he went from la to nola where he did not take the option and just left after one year to the knickerbockers so we're gonna pay him like a, like a king they're gonna oh,
0: yeah he's getting the max
1: they're gonna be able to max it max out credit cards at every deli for a month without even not even making a dent What is new
0: york city what a deal that they got him under too I mean I know that was just a kind of a flyer deal that they took him last year I believe and nobody was it was a head scratcher of a move Uh, I don't think anybody really thought because that was the summer that we all thought KD and Kyrie were going to go to the Knicks instead of the Nets but uh, who would have thought that Randall would would make this type of impact on the Knicks I don't see them as a title contender but it's still definitely a good story uh, but with that being said, man, thank you again for coming on.
1: Thank you, Mac. Uh, it's been fun, fun talking whoops. And, uh, yeah, everyone, you know, you're already listening, but keep listening. It. It's Cavalier, you know. Shout out for a shout out, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. Yo, big shout out to Zach Weiss of Across the Cast for appearing on today's episode. It was definitely awesome to get his opinion on a couple of things. And always good to discuss Cavalier basketball. Am I right? And with that being said, don't forget you guys can reach me at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter or at Devron Perry. That's actually my personal. Uh, so, you know, feel free if you have any inquiries or you want to talk about any topics or you want to discuss anything at all. But again, thanks for tuning in. Have a good day.